Well, good morning. Uh, well, good morning. That's better. Great to see you this morning on this uh, beautiful day. And we're uh, continuing our series on the 23rd Psalm. And as I've said all along, I uh, want to just remind you that this is about asking ourselves the question, uh, who, are, who are you following? Because everybody has some kind of a shepherd. Part of the challenge that we have is that we tend to, we end up a lot of times just following our own uh, selves and we, we make ourselves out to be the shepherd. But what I know that that causes in our lives is it causes us to have stress. And everybody in this room has got stress to deal with. Uh, and so David writes the 23rd Psalm in part to respond to the needs that we have about the stresses of our lives. Uh, we worry. Uh, we, we get caught being busy. We deal with guilt and grudges and grief. Uh, today I want to talk to you about this idea of walking through dark valleys because everybody here has had dark valleys. It's one of the challenges that we face in this life and world. There's an old Arab proverb that says, all sunshine and no rain makes for a desert. All sunshine and no rain makes for a desert. Now it's literally true that that's the way things are, but it's also spiritually and emotionally true as well, that uh, we need the dark valleys to help us mature. It's true. The hard times are the times where we often learn the most about how to live our lives. Now, some of you may be in a really dark, deep valley right now, and you may be thinking, well, I don't, I don't need any more darkness. I, I'm mature enough. I don't need any more maturing to go. But let me say to you that this day is just for you, to help you think about what it means to be growing and maturing, and the importance of the dark valleys to help us become the people that we're supposed to become. So we're going to look at the fourth verse of the 23rd Psalm this morning and explore what it means to walk through the dark valley. So I want to invite you to join me in reciting the fourth verse. Join with me, please. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no danger because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they protect me. Some of you are aware that there is a real valley of the shadow of death in Israel. We have a picture of it for you. And it doesn't take long to figure out that even during the daylight hours in the, in the deepest places of that valley, it's pretty dark. And David, no doubt as a shepherd boy, uh, from time to time would lead his sheep through that dark valley. So he knew what he was speaking about. He knew the reality of dark valleys in his life. When you look at the Bible, there's a lot of discussion in different places about dark valleys and how they impact our lives and how valleys are a symbol for rough times, rough places in our lives. Joshua talks about the valley of calamity. In Psalm 84, it talks about the valley of weeping. Hosea, the great prophet, talks about the valley of trouble. And in this passage, in this verse, as we hear David talking to us about the valley of darkness, it literally means, this word valley means a place of deep, deep darkness. So today I want to invite you to explore with me how to handle what it means to walk through the, the valleys of my life. So let's explore some truths about walking through the dark valleys. One, one of them is that the dark valleys are inevitable. They're going to happen. You can count on it. You may have just come out of a dark place in your life. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but there's another dark place that's coming somewhere down the road. As long as we're alive on this side of heaven, there will always be dark valleys that we have to learn to navigate. Jesus was realistic about it in, 
John 16, verse 33, he says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Don't you love that? Take heart, I have overcome the world. It's not a matter of if we're going to experience dark valleys. It's when is our next dark valley coming. They have to do with difficulties, disappointments, discouragements. They're going to happen. They're a normal part of life. We should not be surprised by them at all because they are part of our reality. Second, dark valleys are unpredictable. You can't plan them. You don't schedule them. Uh, They don't come at the right time. They're always unexpected. And very often, dark valleys come at the worst time. Let me ask you if you've ever had a flat tire at a good time. And and when you have a flat tire, it seems like, doesn't it to you, it seems like it happens at the worst time, right? Oh, really? I've got to deal with this now, right? With all this other stuff that's going on? Valleys come suddenly. They're unpredictable. Have you noticed how easily a good day can become a bad day based on a phone call or a comment from somebody? You've been to the doctor, the doctor's office calls you, a family member calls you, you've been having a good day, and all of a sudden, a good day turns into a bad day. All of a sudden, there's this valley that opens up. It's a dark valley that you find yourself walking through almost instantaneously. They are unpredictable. Jeremiah, the prophet, was a man who lived in a very dark time for the nation of Israel. He said it pretty boldly in verse 20 of chapter 4. He says, Disaster follows disaster. The whole land is ruined. Suddenly, my tents are destroyed. My shelter in a moment. Valleys are unpredictable. Next, valleys are impartial. No one is immune to them. No one is insulated from pain and sorrow. Nobody gets to skate through life problem-free. Everybody has problems. Everybody has challenges that they face. Good people have problems. Bad people have problems. No one is immune to them. The Bible is very clear. Good things and bad things happen to all people. Jesus said it this way in Matthew 5. He said, You have heard that it was said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Bad things happen to all of us. Valleys are impartial. Sometimes when a dark valley comes, we're inclined to say, why me? And maybe we should be rephrasing that and saying, why not me? Because they are inevitable. We can't be exempt from all these problems. They are things that are going to happen and they are impartial. Also, one of the things I know about them is that they are temporary. They have an end to them. They don't last. They are not permanent. David says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that I'm going to find my way to the other side. He helps us understand. Sometimes we think that the dark valleys are an end, but there is an end that is coming, but there's always light at the end of the tunnel. They don't come to stay in your life. Now, probably some of the darkest times, darkest valleys that we'll experience will be those times when we lose a loved one. I've been there. I know what that feels like. I know how challenging it can be. I can't tell you how many times I've read this psalm, the 23rd Psalm, to a room filled with people who are, who are standing around someone who is in the process of dying. 
And the reason that I read it in those circumstances is because I want to remind myself and I want to remind everybody in that room that this death that is coming for that individual is simply a transition to a new beginning. The, the, the bulk of their life is in front of them, even when they're getting ready to die. The, the shortest span of their life is behind them. We need to remember that we get to walk through the dark valleys, that they are not an end, but they are a beginning. They are temporary in nature. God will help us find the light on the other side. In 2 Corinthians 4, beginning in verse 16, Paul said it this way, So we aren't depressed, but even if our bodies are breaking down on the outside, the person that we are on the inside is being renewed every day. Our temporary minor problems are producing an eternal stockpile of glory for us that is beyond all comparison. We don't focus on the things that can be seen, but on the things that can't be seen. The things that can be seen don't last, but the things that can't be seen are eternal. Think about that. Did you hear what it said? The things that can be seen don't last, but the things that can't be seen are eternal. And then last, dark valleys can be purposeful. Romans 8, 28, a life verse of mine, I'm sure for many of you as well. I've shared it several times in the last couple of months as I've been through a very dark time in my own life. Paul said, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Some of the valleys that we experience come as a result of God putting us into a dark place so that we may begin to yearn again for the light because we've grown distant from God. Some of the valleys that we go through are valleys that we have chosen to walk through because of decisions that we've made, and there are consequences that come from decisions that we make. Sometimes the dark valleys are of our own choosing, our own making. But regardless of how you get in the valley, whether it's from God or it's from ourselves, the good news is that God knows how to walk you through to make good come out of it. I have shared uh, with you over the last several weeks since I've been back after my radiation and my surgery that I had, that it was one of the darkest periods that I've ever had in my life. I, I told uh, a, the life group that Christy and I are in this past week that I, I believe that God used the darkness that I've been in to reset my compass, to reset the focus of my life. I got to tell you that I have more passion uh, and more drive in me now than I've had in a long time because I've had an opportunity to walk in a very dark place and I realize how brilliant the light is, the light of God. And that it was God that took me through that dark place to show me deeper light, greater light. What an amazing gift. Valleys can be purposeful. You see, problems or trials from God have purpose. When God takes you into a valley, there's a reason behind it. In 1 Peter 1, verses 6 and 7, it says, You now rejoice in this hope, even if it's necessary for you to be distressed for a short time by various trials. This is necessary so that your faith may be found genuine. Your faith is more valuable than gold, which will be destroyed even though it is itself tested by fire. Your genuine faith will result in praise, glory, and honor for you when Jesus Christ is revealed. Isn't that encouraging? Doesn't that help us remember the power of what God's love can do in the midst of trials that we face? Some of you here today may be facing a, a financial valley or an emotional valley, a relational valley, or maybe it's a spiritual valley. There are many different kinds of trials. But probably, most often, the valleys that we deal with are 
from problems that we've created. But even in those times, God is there and God will walk us through. Can I get an amen? That God will walk us through. We need to remember that faith is built in the valleys. God is in the reconstruction business. I, I think that, that every night when I get to bed and I put up my head on the pillow and I finally go to sleep, that God calls out my name across heaven and say, okay, Frank's finally asleep. Now we can start the reconstruction business on him tonight while he sleeps because tomorrow he's going to be a new man. What a gift to know that each day when I wake up, I'm a new guy. I'm a new person because God is working in me to try to make me more of the person that I need to be for him and for his kingdom here on earth. You see, God is far more concerned about our character than our comfort. Oh, we, we are mostly concerned about our comfort, if we'll be true to ourselves about it. But God cares about our character because God knows that our character is what influences people. We become influencers of people because of the character of our lives. And God wants to build our character. And very often, that's what the dark valleys are about, is God building character in us. Faith is strengthened to is strengthened in the dark valleys. He's trying to develop that character. And we think about Jesus, and you think about the fact that Jesus was not immune to dark valleys. He, he had plenty of challenges in his life. He had all kinds of suffering. He went through loneliness. He had temptation, discouragement. Jesus was misunderstood. Have you ever felt like nobody understands you in your life? Well, Jesus can relate to you because he knows what it's like to be misunderstood as well. And let's not forget that God doesn't cause accidents or a tragedy to happen. God is about bringing good into our lives, not the evil. But God uses bad things that happen in our lives to bring good out of them. So we've looked at some truths about the dark valleys. They are inevitable, unpredictable, impartial, temporary, purposeful. So what do I do in the dark valleys? David said, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The first thing David teaches us is that we should refuse to be discouraged. He says, I will fear no evil. You've seen those t-shirts that say no fear. I think every Christian ought to have a no fear t-shirt that they should wear frequently because there's nothing that we have to be afraid of because Jesus Christ defeated Satan when he died on the cross. There's nothing that will ever happen to you that will be able to separate you from that love of God in Christ Jesus. Uh, David says, I'm going to walk through this valley. David intends to help us understand that it was purposeful, that it was a choice to walk through the dark valley. He doesn't say, I run around it or I try to escape from it. He simply says, I walk because he knows that God is going to walk with him. It implies a choice, choosing not to panic, not to give up, to trust that God will walk you through. Are you discouraged this morning? There's bound to be somebody in this place who is struggling with discouragement today. Let me ask you a question. Is it possible that you're choosing to be discouraged? I know that sometimes in my own life, when things are bad and I'm struggling with something, that I find myself just focusing on the negative. And when you focus on the negative, everything becomes discouraging. Is that where the focus of your life is today? Focusing on the, the negative, and therefore you're being discouraged? How about with the hand of Jesus walking alongside of you? How about focusing on the positive? How about looking at the things that God has blessed you with in this life to help you learn to walk through and keep 
you're walking in the light. If we're going to make it through, we have to depend on God's power, God's strength. Psalm 34, verse 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. You know what it's like to be brokenhearted, don't you? You know what it's like to be crushed in spirit. There's bound to be somebody in this room who is brokenhearted or feels like their spirit is being crushed today. Let me say to you, I'm so glad that you are here or so glad that you're watching from home or wherever you might be watching from to remind you that even though you may be discouraged or crushed, God will carry you through. His light will show you the way. We need to remember that God is with me. David said, you will be with me. God doesn't just promise his power in the valley. God promises his presence in the valley as well, that he will literally be with us in those times. Isaiah said it this way in Isaiah chapter 43. He says, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. No matter how bad life gets, God will never leave your side. It's interesting, in this fourth verse of the 23rd Psalm, there's a strategic change in the language that happens as it unfolds to us. In the first part of the psalm, all of the pronouns are in the third person. David talks about God. David says, He leads me beside still waters. He guides me to green pastures. He restores my soul. David is talking about God. But when he gets to the valley, when David gets to that portion of this scripture passage, it changes from the third person to the second person pronoun. He starts not talking about God. He starts talking to God. He says, you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. It's the valleys of life that bring us face to face with God. In the valleys, we begin to understand that the ultimate becomes intimate to us. When I'm going through a dark valley, I don't want to talk about God. When I'm going through a valley, I want to talk to God. I want to be able to have conversation with God. God has got to be close to me. In those dark valleys, we can't be about religion. We've got to be about relationship. In fact, I would remind us that that should be the aim of all of our lives. We can't be religious people. We must be relationship people. Relationship people because of our relationship with Jesus Christ. Any mature believer will tell you that the times of greatest growth in their lives have to do with the dark valleys that they've been through. I can say that it's true for me. As I've said already, I feel like my compass has been reset because of the dark valley that I've been through. It has been a time, a period of great growth, and I'm still growing. I'm still learning so much because of the darkness that I've been through recently. I'm amazed at my wife, Chrissy. Uh, she has health issues that she's dealt with for a long time, and she's dealing with some of that right now. And, and one of the things that I marvel about her because of the challenges that she has is that she always is quick to say that I feel closest to God when I'm going through these dark times, these difficult times. It's a wonder to know the power of God in the midst of the valleys. And finally, to make it through those valleys, I have to rely on God's protection and guidance. David reminds us that God's rod and God's staff is what comforts him. 
The rod and staff were two basic tools of a shepherd. Perhaps you're aware that the rod that a shepherd used back in this day was a stick, basically a stick about two feet long that had a big knot on the end of it. And the idea of it was that the shepherd could use it to, to, to tap the sheep if they were going the wrong direction or to ward off uh, uh, animals that would come to want to prey on the sheep. The shepherd could use it essentially as a club. But also, I'm told that shepherds were very adept at launching the rod to, to throw it at an animal that might be putting in jeopardy some of the sheep. Imagine that scene with a shepherd throwing the rod like a missile through the air. David says that's God's reminder to us that God is going to protect us and defend us when we're in the dark valleys. Now, shepherds don't use rods. Most of them don't today. In many parts of the world, shepherds carry these things called guns uh, to ward off uh, predators. But uh, isn't it interesting that in the Old West, the gun was referred to as a rod, right? That was the defender. God says, I'm going to defend you. I'm going to protect you when you're going through the dark valleys. It says, your staff comforts me. And you've surely seen an image of a staff, a shepherd with a staff. It's a long stick with a big crook on the end of it. And the idea behind it is that the shepherd would use that to pull the sheep close. If there was danger around, the shepherd would pull, literally pull the sheep close. The shepherd would use the, the, the neck of the staff to, to reach a, sh a sheep that may have slipped and fell into a place where there was peril. He could literally put it around the sheep and pull the sheep up because the shepherd knew how to pull them close. Our shepherd knows how to pull us close when we're in dark valleys. He will use the staff to pull us close to him. Now, before we go, there are three little truths about shadows that I would share with you. First, remember that shadows are bigger than the reality. When I was in sixth or maybe seventh grade, I had moved from Cub Scouts into Boy Scouts, and we went on a camping outing to a campground that I'd never been to before. It was a Boy Scout camp, and the camp had uh, concrete slabs, and each slab had a canvas tent over it that was a two-man tent. Inside the tent were two cots, and that was all it was. I'd never been to this particular place before. There were about 40 or 50 of us that went on this camping trip, and I was in the last group to arrive, and people were, of course, getting their tents set up, and and oh, by the way, as we were setting up uh, that evening, you could hear this big thunderstorm that was coming, which Tucson is known for. And uh, uh, I, got, I got to the campground. People were getting everything set up. And I happened to be the lucky guy because I was the odd man out. I, I had a tent all to my own. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, what a great luxury that you could have a tent all to your own. But remember, I was in sixth or maybe seventh grade, and I was in a place that I didn't really understand. I'd never been there before. And oh, by the way, there's this giant thunderstorm that's coming. And so I went to bed. Everybody went to bed. And in the night, this thunderstorm finally arrived, and it was a tremendous storm. Uh, all kinds of wind and lightning and thunder. And, and I just got to tell you, if I'm going to be honest with you and say, I was scared to death as a kid. Uh, I was shivering in my sleeping bag that night because of all this chaos that was going around. I was in an unfamiliar place. But eventually, as you would guess, the storm passed and I was able to go to sleep. And in the morning when I woke up, I popped my eyes open and I'm like, praise God, I made it through the night. I survived the night. I didn't die. I turned my head over to the left, and there on the side of the tent was a shadow, a gigantic shadow of what I was absolutely sure was a bear. 
And the bear was coming to eat me for breakfast. That was his agenda that day. I could tell that he was coming my direction based on the shadow. And in, in my mind, as my mind began to struggle with the shadow and the feelings of the bear, I began to think, well, maybe, maybe it's not a bear. So I got up out of my sleeping bag and I stuck my head out of the flap of the tent and I looked behind me to see there was a big, gigantic chipmunk that was coming at me that day. Shadows are bigger than the reality. Remember that whatever you may be facing, it's not bigger than our God. Next, remember that shadows can't hurt you. You ever been run over by a shadow or beat up by a shadow? Shadows are an image without any substance. They might scare us, but they can't hurt us. And lastly, remember there is no shadow without some light. You get that, right? In order for the shadow to be there, there has to be some light, some amount of light. When you're going through that dark valley, you may feel like the sun is gone. There's no light there, but there is light. And we need to look for the light and follow the light because it will show us the way. Jesus said he is the way. In John 8, verse 12, it says this. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. The light that leads to life. Everybody in this room is going to go through valleys. Some of you would be my guess that you're struggling right now because you have some really deep, dark valleys that you're dealing with. You know, there's a misunderstanding about what it means to be a Christian because being a Christian doesn't mean that you're not going to have troubles because you will. Christians have problems. They experience grief just like anybody else. Sometimes they have financial problems. Oh, there's all kinds of difficulties out there. But the difference between a Christian and an unchristian person is that a Christian has a shepherd to show them the way to walk through the dark valleys. Have you trusted the shepherd? Or maybe more pointedly, will you trust the shepherd to walk you through the dark valleys? Let's read the passage one more time as a way to conclude. Join with me, would you? Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no danger because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they protect me. Let's pray. God, how grateful we are that we have a shepherd, the light of the world, Jesus Christ. God, you sent Jesus to help us know that even when dark times come, you know how to walk us through. We give you praise, God for the gift of the great shepherd. We ask for your forgiveness, God, in those times when we are not dependent, where we choose our own way and find ourselves suddenly living in the dark. Help us, God, to look for the light, to follow the light of Jesus Christ, who will lead us in your path. We pray in the name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen and amen.